You're listening to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Do you like how I always start out so like, this is Liz, and then by the end I'm just... I was thinking that you and I both use our secretary voices to intro ourselves. Our secretary voices. (laughs) Why have we never said that before? That's perfect. (laughs) Okay, I want to try to use my secretary, secretary voice for this entire episode and see if it... <laughs> I was going to try that for the whole episode, but I just feel too much like RuPaul, and I don't think I'm that cool. <laughs> so I'm not doing it. That's fantastic. Back to my yeah. normal voice. It's funny. Yeah, we get like the radio voice on, and it's not how we talk. And then, as usual, I think it would just... Even if we tried, we would immediately forget that we were talking oh, to yeah. voices, because we just forget that we're talking to anyone besides ourselves ever. Oh, Yeah. I'm almost. Like <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say in the last one when I texted you and I was editing it and I'm like Devin, we talked about horses for like 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> There's not really jokes. We're just talking about horses. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know 15 minutes worth of stuff about horses. <laughs> but we managed to fill the silence, didn't we? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Liz, we released yeah. our 18th episode today. We did. Our- we're going to tape some more. And yeah. before you know, I mean, we're well into double digits and we're going to hit 20 and then 30 and then mm, go forever. I man, think. I think we are. Our podcast is old enough to vote. Yay. You can buy cigarettes. If, and- if weeks were years. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's dog years. Oh, OK. I had no idea it was going to go this long. Yeah, you did. Like- You've got I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but you thought I we've was... had a lot of projects in our life. <laughs> Do you remember the time we tried to make our own murder mystery? And we... That's exactly what I was thinking you, you, We got as far as really good name tags and mm-hmm. some backstory for each character, but then we never wrote the murder. It would have been cool. It was like those how to host a murders, except we were yeah. going to use like Greek gods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. No, we got this. I think this is a really good mix of I get to talk to you and I also get to look up ghost stories. So it's going to hold my interest for a long time. Exactly. And then I feel empowered to ask people weird questions about stuff. Oh, yeah. Isn't it great? Because then you're like, this is for my podcast. This is Mm -hmm. research. Yeah. Matt, I had to buy all these ghost story books. (laughs) It's important. (laughs) it's made it a lot easier for people to get me gifts when they go places like kate kate gave me two books of stories from the stanley hotel excellent Um, you know mom got me ghost stories from new orleans handled that yeah isn't it good handled yeah and especially since i've been taping at work lately i've got a lot of my you know weird washington and idaho loners and ghost stories from the rocky mountains here nice and because of the nature of my work, how stuff changes really fast and health policy. Yeah. I actually have very few workbooks. <laughs> so it's they're sort of getting outnumbered <laughs> by weird stuff books at this point. <laughs> People come into your office and they're like, the fuck do they pay you for here, Woody? What's going on? <laughs> Whenever I want. Whenever I want. I'll need my own job description. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but let me tell you a story that I actually heard at work. Yeah, tell me. Um, so I was just chatting and, you know, not in context of the podcast. I'm trying to remember how this came up. It's not important. But I was talking to one of the security guards. It's not, Well, it's not interesting, I don't think. Um, 
I'm the judge of that. <laughs> you are the judge of that. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. interesting to you or you would have fucking remembered. Yeah, evidently. Yeah. But he was telling me about, and he was hunting, I want to say duck. I'm, I'm telling this story so bad for anybody who's actually a hunter. <laughs> They're like, they were aware hunting what? And this is a story that a security guard here on campus told me about his friend who is a hunter, a great hunter, you know, has gone on safari, big okay. game, all whole nine yards, really into this stuff. And he was hunting out in the, you know, rural area outside Spokane okay. back in the 90s. And I want to say duck or something. I don't know. Something that were that required a scope. And he was set up. And <laughs> do, do you not use scopes on ducks? I don't think so. They're usually super close. Uh, a, a scope, I think, would be more big game, like deer or elk. Um, okay, let's say it, let's but, say it was deer. <laughs> not the important part this is the wrong podcast for you people yeah go listen to your cabela sponsored podcast wow that's how you pronounce that this is the cabela's is that how you say it yeah that's how bad i don't even know what i'm talking about yeah i like cabela's better cabela's cabela's (laughs) it sounds very like beachy doesn't it like that's exactly what i was thinking yeah I'm going to have to cut that part. <laughs> Barrist. Don't be. Know how to are say you, things. Are you kidding me? This is the first time I've ever been able to correct your pronunciation on <laughs> anything. I have to leave this. And anything. They can, it can stay in here along with the part I cut out in the first episode where I correct you about, I don't even remember what it was, but there's something that you say and I'm like, no, it's like this and we're both wrong, but I'm very confident oh and you're God. not no. about the word. <laughs> Dude, I will always knuckle under to you. You know that. We've been friends for 21 years, and I will always give way to you. I didn't realize what a pushy broad I was until I listened to us talk, and I'm like, wow, confident much, huh? You didn't realize? (laughs) I didn't realize it was that bad. You're not pushy. Like you said, you're very confident, and Mm -hmm. you have the benefit of usually being right. So I think that adds a little bit uh, to your confidence oh. levels. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. Okay, so he was looking down, and if people aren't familiar with the geography, we've got what are called the channeled scablands. Mm-hmm. So basically, the glaciers came down and then retreated and came down and retreated, and every time they kind of clawed these channels into the earth. So we have a lot of hills and valleys and um, ravines and mountains and all this kind of stuff. So as he was hunting, he saw that there was a car at the bottom of this little gully. Okay. And, you know, abandoned car fire. Oh, like, there's okay. more space, whatever. Um, there's plenty of space. People leave cars. But he was getting this weird vibe like you get when you know somebody's around. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he like he was getting that feeling. And All so right. he looked through the scope and he looked around, you know, at the car. He was checking it out. That's how I know there was a scope in this story. Yeah. Um, checking it out and he's like, you know, you know, there's nowhere there's no one in that car. This is a little weird, but you know, oh well, he's kinda this this is off the road, but if there was somebody there, they'd be like waving for help or they probably just, you know, drove off the road and they've they're going to have AAA come out later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, he didn't like the feeling, so he kind of moved on. So many years later, 
this hunter was talking to his friends in Spokane law enforcement who had been talking to Robert Lee Yates, the serial killer, Yeah, who said that one time he had been dumping a body and he had seen a hunter. And oh. so he had laid down flat in the grass next to his car and stayed there. You know, he like no hits way. the dirt um, and hides and just stays totally still no until way. the guy goes away. But yeah, he had like one of his victims with him and was leaving her. No way. That somebody was seeing him. And so he, you know, hid in the tall grass until the guy was gone. Oh, dude. Oh, <sighs> dude. Isn't that freaky? So freaky. Oh, that yeah. would just creep me out. I mean, that's something you would remember forever. Mm-hmm. Both the experience. You were right there. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Barfy. Um, and he felt it. You know, he felt the presence. He knew yeah. somebody was there. But, you know, it, when, especially when you're by yourself, you don't want to just like wander over to, I don't know. How many times do we have weird feelings like that and we don't? go explore them. oh yeah i'm yeah unless i'm with several people and they are armed i'm not mm-hmm. going to go explore them i'm really appreciative that both with you and with jason there's this unspoken understanding that if i have a creepy feeling and say we need to leave right now i, don't, I just mm-hmm. get out please you guys yeah. will go with me no questions asked because sometimes you you just, you know, like you get the hair on the back of your neck standing up for no mm-hmm. real reason and you just have to leave. And just trust your instincts, you know? Dude, totally trust your gut. So that reminds me of a, and I'm going to butcher it, but I, or, well, I'm going to paraphrase it. Try not to butcher <laughs> it. But I read a story uh, once in a what's your creepiest real story thread. And it yeah. was um, this guy telling his parents' story where they went out on a date. They were gonna go hiking on this trail <gasps> oh yeah sunset. And they step on the thing yeah yeah exactly so they're out on this trail since you know where i'm going i'll tell it to other people anyway but they're on a date they go on this trail at sunset uh i think the woman gets kind of a weird feeling and it's getting really dark now and they're both super spooked and they're not sure if they should turn around and in the dark on the trail one of them kicks or steps on something that has a yield to it that's definitely not ground. They freak the fuck out, hightail it back to their car, and years later, it was Ted Bundy, right? When they were Mm -hmm. interviewing Ted Bundy and said, you know, did you ever almost get caught? And he said, well, one time I was dumping a body out in the woods on this trail, and this couple blundered along and almost found me, but they Uh. turned around and went back to their car. How... Uh. I don't think I would stop throwing up. Mm -mm. I know I've said before that my defense mechanism is to be a sea cucumber and then just expel my whole stomach out of my mouth, flip inside out. And then I guess I don't know what that doesn't really help me defend myself at all. But that's how I feel like you don't have to know that things are happening to you. anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Just Mm. just did it for you there. Serial killer. All my guts are outside now. So when you're like walking around or hiking or especially if you're by a river or Mm -hmm. a lake, what percent convinced are you that you're going to find a body? I am less convinced than I used to be because I've gone a lot of weird places for photo shoots. Mm -hmm. But I, it's weird that you say that because I've, 
even here in Boston, I've gone around this reservoir and there's a couple of places where you just step off the trail and you're in this really weird, old, thick, dense woods. And I feel like 85% sure I'm going to come across mm-hmm. a hand or, yep. you know, a femur. Um, yeah, you too, though, huh? <sighs> yep. Yep. Every time I'm just like, it's whenever I see, because, you know, I'm by the river a lot because yeah. of walking to work and so forth, that I will, you know, see a bundle of clothes or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, today's the day. Yeah. Guess so. I'm <sighs> calling that in. <laughs> yep. And it's, uh, there goes my whole Monday. I mean, it's not, <laughs> yeah, right. It's not implausible that you would find mm-hmm. something like that in Spokane. Jason one time actually saw a guy commit suicide off of the Monroe Street Bridge. Oh, and geez. yeah, just walking along and a dude was standing there and then just Jason said it was the weirdest thing. Just one minute there, the next minute, boop, he was gone. And he had wow. to call the police and, uh, you know, they dredged or searched that area of the river, had to dredge it downstream. And eventually somebody found him on the bank just weird <sighs> to think that that could be you you know yeah, that could that be you, you stumbling upon it. it yeah or that you could just see it happen yeah yeah you know somebody's gonna and it does often yeah. seem to be hikers and but i think a lot of times it's joggers and i don't get up that early at a so girl maybe Who like the early it? morning search team has already cleared oh, stuff by the time I yeah right. there. we're sorry selena we actually, and ryan yeah sorry y'all are gonna have to you know be on the front lines of this. yeah yeah oh uh, we had somebody go off one of the bridges this summer but he was okay oh um, good okay he ripped his pants off but i think he was okay <laughs> i shouldn't i shouldn't laugh at that yeah <laughs> i shouldn't laugh at that at all mm, well dirty okay. little river well random stories from people we know about serial killers it's like there's some kind of curse where we said we wouldn't talk about serial killers and we keep talking about serial killers (laughs) i'm okay with it it means i don't have to do a whole episode about it and get really freaked out late at night i can just do these little throwaway tidbit stories and then we go sleep easier um see this is where i need my cider because i'm just like yeah okay i've got some sort of weird mental block raleigh is working on me from beyond the grave or wherever he is what's going on do you want to talk about how you've had this mental block finishing this episode i don't know what the deal is i think it's just because i really wanted to have the prestige you know like the yes you know the setup and then the yes and i don't have it i wanted to know more and I, yeah. let me tell you what I do know, and then I'll tell you what I still want to know. All right. And maybe more people will be able to get farther than I've gotten. All right. All right. When we left Raleigh, right, he was in an altercation with a nemesis from the Prohibition days. Yes. Who was saying, he's going by Fremont now, but I knew him as Raleigh Faulkner. And that's it for Raleigh Faulkner in the papers, at least the guy that we know. Okay. And I'm like, well that doesn't seem right it doesn't seem that a guy who would be in jail every two minutes and out every third minute somebody who's involved in bomb plots and kidnapping and rum running and all this kind of stuff would just kind of go out of the picture no he didn't Uh, reform or (laughs) give up his life of crime for you know a job selling cars or whatever Mm -hmm. 
And I felt like not. But so here, as I decided to go pursue Raleigh is I was like, okay, here's what I know about him. Or at least what I think I know about him. He's born around 1880 in Kentucky, right? Okay. So Kentucky, and I'm basing this on what comes up consistently, because I think with people who lie all the time, they do tend to keep some stuff the same if they okay. can. Yeah. Um, I know Raleigh Faulkner's not his real name. I know he is not averse to breaking the law, and he <laughs> mostly operates on the West Coast. <laughs> He's got light eyes and dark hair. And in 1934 is when he is already going by Raleigh Fremont. And let me throw in the content warning here because there's some uh, discussion of sexual assault and other violence coming up because I found him. Like there is. You think you Mm -hmm. found him again? Okay. I think I found him again. Uh, So the first thing I did was say, okay, well, we lost Raleigh Faulkner. Does Raleigh Fremont show up in the papers? And indeed, there is a Raleigh M. Fremont. All right. the same guy, um, we'll see. One thing that I think supports that is that Raleigh M. Fremont doesn't show up in the papers before 1936. All right. There's lots of people who don't, but it is interesting that as soon as Faulkner disappears, Fremont shows up. Uh, yeah, I'd buy and, that. <laughs> and where he pops in is he's in Hollywood, this person, this oh. Raleigh. Um, and he's in the paper extensively for attempted rape of a 13-year-old girl wow. in Hollywood. Um, and it's 1936, so, of course, her name is all over the place. Her wow. name is Bonnie, Bonnie Rankle. And one of the reasons why it gets picked up so much um, is what happened was he was a friend of her family. And he took her on a ride in a car, attempted to assault her, you know, quote, unquote, assault. Yeah. She freaks out. She's not into it. And he offers her... Somewhere in the neighborhood of $200 to, quote, unquote, forget about it. She runs away. Good girl. And he fires at her with a gun. What? Yeah. And she goes and hides in the house of an actress who I guess was moderately famous at the time. Her name was Anne Harding. I don't know her really well, but she was like at least B-list in the 30s based on how they talked about her. She's not home at the time, but um, Bonnie breaks into her house in Hollywood and hides in there. And then eventually, like, you know, the police are involved and they find her. And good girl Bonnie Raleigh, yeah, <laughs> she's feisty. Yeah, Some I like it. Say that she was actually like hiding in a chimney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'll hide all the way, <laughs> all the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they arrest her and arrest him. Story. Yeah. Or sorry. Yes, they arrest him. Yeah, it's not that bad. Well, no, I was. Yeah, I was like, they arrest her for breaking into a house to escape <laughs> being assaulted. <laughs> Oh, no, that seems to be okay. So his story is that he'd offered to loan Bonnie $200, but she took it and hit him in the head with a rock and ran. Damn it, Bonnie. <laughs> you know, like you do when somebody's giving you money anyway. Yeah. How you hit rude. Him in the head with a rock and jump out of the car and go hide, break into a house and hide. All of this is completely plausible. <laughs> so whoever this person is, Raleigh M. Fremont... In 36, they're describing him as age 55, a wealthy mine manager, and having been a friend of the family for several years. So somebody who was aged 55 in 1936 would have been born around yeah. 1880 or 1881, right? Yeah. So that lines up with Faulkner. Okay. I tried to look into Bonnie's parents. I couldn't ever find 
implications of like how they knew each other. Um, her parents were separated at this time, and I don't know how they knew Raleigh. Yeah, uh, they weren't. It would have been great if it had been like, oh, her parents were famous bootleggers. That would have lined oh. up really neatly. But why won't reality do that for me, Devin? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> See, if it would just do that, then I could make a whole wall with, like, yarn connecting stuff, like, in a movie. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be great? You've got this beautiful mind shed out back that your husband doesn't know about. You're connecting everything with red strings. Mm -hmm. And instead, I would just be connecting a bunch of stuff to question marks, which is less satisfying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Now, let's see. Do you remember some of the, what are some of the things we know about Raleigh Faulkner? Like he's violent with women. Yes. We do know this. He breaks the law. Do you remember when he gets picked up by the law? He well, always he's gets out. Really right? good at worming his way out of it. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a charmer. Uh, well, yeah. all the words. He's a charmer. He is. He so in 1937, the case is tied up in court for most of the year. Yeah, of course. And it gets delayed by a juror who gets dismissed from the jury because he assaulted a 14-year-old girl. For real? During the course of the trial. Dear Lord. What is in the water, Hollywood? I don't know, but I would say that's a very efficient way to make sure that you can't use that jury, or at least that juror, um, Mm. is to have them happen to commit the exact same crime you're being accused of. Yes, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And both Fremont and the juror say that they're the targets of frame-ups. You know, remember how frame-ups oh always God. come up? He's super you know, into he, it. He framed the dry cop and he framed this person and that person. Yeah. Peachin. He peachin, peachin left and right. Oh, that peach. Peachin. Uh, and the case goes off the rails because Bonnie's parents are estranged from each other and they're not on the same page about the case. So her father asserts that he heard about the attack on the radio and he called Bonnie's mother, Marie, and Marie says, don't worry, Bonnie wasn't hurt. And, uh, mm, which is a little okay. much to be like, well, she maybe she wasn't like injured, but she was attacked and fired at. Yeah. Like... <laughs> That's not a good day. I would consider myself hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And two days after the incident, Marie brings a civil suit against Raleigh for $200,000 and tells George, allegedly, that she's going to be rich soon. Oh, Lord. You know, uh, I I don't really know what to make of that. Um, I don't want to imply that if you pursue damages that you're just trying to get money because since the the standard of evidence is different for a criminal trial right and a civil suit sometimes you're going to be better off if you can manage both i don't know what specifically she brought against him but i will say that if she did bring the civil suit two days after the incident so well before anything's going to trial and saying i'm going to be rich soon that's not a great Look, I'm not really sure what that's about. That may just have been George making crap up, though. It could have been. But uh, yeah, it's still, mm-hmm. I don't think it makes her look good. I don't think what Nicole, uh, oh, think Nicole Brown Simpson. Yeah, thank you. I don't think her yeah. family brought civil suit until after the criminal trial was right. lost. So yeah, yeah, they were just doing that because, you know. <laughs> the OJ trial. That's technically California. We talk about California, but I'm not going there. There's some really no. good stuff out there, though. No, someone uh, else can but, do that monstrosity. 
Oh boy. But yeah, the um so the standard in a criminal case, right, is beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. And the standard in a civil case is preponderance of the evidence. Yeah. So like fifty one percent of the evidence. Anyway, so Raleigh throughout the papers, which are mostly ripping each other off, which is annoying, uh, they talk about him as a mining engineer. They talk about him as a mining boss and a mining promoter. I do not know what a mining what promoter does. Yeah. <laughs> What is a mining promoter? It's they mean he's a lobbyist. D- yeah, a like, lo- <laughs> dude, I got this fucking radical mine, yo. You gotta come work for it. This trial goes on. So the crime happened at the end of 1936. Um, the trial goes on through a lot of 1937. Well, in May they find him guilty and they give him one to fifty years in McNeil. And one of them mentions that he spent time in McNeil before for having counterfeit money in his possession, which I find very plausible and very similar to Raleigh oh, yeah. Faulkner, who, as you recall, that's actually how he starts, unless you count fiance stealing as a crime. Yeah. His first mugshot is from money counterfeiting. Yeah. Um, and in August, the conviction gets overturned by the appeals court. Because mm-hmm. you just got to go to the appeals court and go, oh, but I'm Raleigh. Yeah. You love me here. You forgot that I'm Raleigh. What the judge of the appeals court says is that Bonnie's story, you know, the story of older friend of the family attacked her yeah. when she refused his advances. The judge says that's too weird to be true. For legit judge mm-hmm. asshole? What exact quote? The hell? Too weird to be true. I'm oh like, what? what's too weird about that? Oh I think God. the weird too weird to be true story is your honor i was just taking a 13 year old girl on a ride offered her several hundred dollars for no reason and she hit me on the head with a rock that's the one i would not believe Mm -hmm. yeah but you know it's the pacific wizard of law raleigh (laughs) this is one of the things that convinces me we're dealing with the same person as he can just Get out of this stuff, probably right? with money. Because uh, Pete, he made a lot of money with um, mining promoting or whatever. Yeah, did. mining promoting is right. Is oh, man. Yeah, and in December, a judge rules against Marie and Bonnie in their civil suit. So they did not wow. get rich shortly or ever on this. Um, yeah, things go quiet for a little bit. In 1940, R.M. Fremont, mining promoter, is sentenced <laughs> to one to 50 years for nine counts of rape including involving two 17-year-old girls. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. And I've got the mugshot. I've got the intake card. Um, He's going to good old Folsom, as in Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. And um, this case, unfortunately, got vastly less coverage than the other. I think probably because neither of them fell down an actress's chimney or whatever. (laughs) That... <laughs> that's the, that's what you got to do to to get any coverage in this town. The premise of a Tim Allen movie. You got to yeah. pull a Santa Claus. Mhm. I just I don't know. Wow. So yeah. I, I think it's interesting uh, that the sentence of 1 to 50 years for nine counts of rape against two women was the same proposed sentence for one count of attempted yeah i'm like a couple years earlier yeah oh and that's the range yeah 
Yeah. Well, you yeah. know. Yeah. So they. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know what to in. say about that. That's okay. It's again like as ever with Raleigh. We're like really, really old timey justice yeah. system. Well, one of the things that Raleigh's descendant, Raleigh Faulkner's descendant, and I have talked about is back in the day, they used to write out a really thorough description of people when they took them into jail. So I've got arrest records for Fremont and arrest records for Faulkner. Now, Faulkner in, let's see, here he is in 1912, right? Um, He's being taken in for counterfeiting in Seattle. All right. Given three years, we know he's not going to stay for three minutes. Yeah, right. Um, But it says he's five foot six and three quarters. He's got dark brown hair, blue eyes, and the scar listing goes on. It's like he's got left forearm, three and a half inches above wrist, first joint, left thumb. It goes on for like half a page. Wow. When when Raleigh Fremont comes in to McNeil, marks and scars, cut scar, ball of left little finger. He is listed as light blue eyes gray hair which you know time does yeah. that um but he's only five feet or no he's five feet eight and a quarter inches so that's notably taller definitely taller I, yeah which one of the reasons why she's not convinced that these are the same person is that usually you don't get taller and have fewer scars as you get older absolutely i could i, I, I would agree with her there <laughs> Yeah, usually it goes the other way. So um, I don't know if it's just that McNeil had a lot more detail with whoever was doing the intake. Yeah. Uh, or what's going on there? Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I dug through both Folsom and the McNeil records for anybody going by Fremont or Faulkner. And that's when I found the piece that tied it all together. So okay. we got his record. Um listing him as a mine operator it's more detail than we've had on him for a lot of this okay uh he is said to be a presbyterian size nine shoe good mentality 10 years of education okay sure yeah right um one child we know about her we do um nativity of mother kentucky father kentucky pled not guilty never served in the military arrived in california in 1920 And it lists each of his stints. So here we have in McNeil, three years counterfeiting in 1912. In McNeil, 15 months conspiracy to something I can't read, liquor laws in 1920. Mm, Okay. Um, That's when he's listed as Falconer. So he goes Falconer, Falconer. Um, Then again, in 26, conspiracy to subvert National Prohibition Act. And he gets transferred to Atlanta um as raleigh faulkner and i don't have the atlanta prison records but what i do have is died prison hospital at october 22nd 1946 wow that was it i i requested his death certificate actually because you can do that yeah it's just informational and you're not trying to use it to get his benefits or whatever all right uh and it didn't have a, a ton more information uh, two things that I've been trying to follow up on. One is that um, Raleigh was married when he died to a woman named Marie Fremont. And oh. we've got 
her address, which isn't tremendously helpful. And I was able to track down, you know, yes, she was living in Bell, California while he was in jail and shortly before. Um, I don't really know a lot about where she came from. I don't know what her story is. The other thing is Raleigh's family says they saw him in Seattle much more recently than 1946. Really? Okay. Yeah. The Falk, no, the Fremont. Raleigh Fremont's family says they saw him. Raleigh Faulkner's family. So I'm not in contact with, um, well, the the, the descendant doesn't think that Fremont and Faulkner are the same person. Uh, So she's like, you know, this just doesn't seem like the same person to me. You know, like the the scarves are different. He's taller. um, Okay. And I have family members that remember going to visit him at his home in Seattle after this time at which Raleigh Fremont has died. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. That's two of the mysteries. One, who's Marie Fremont? Yeah. Two, why do they have these memories? And three, who the hell was he in the first place? Where'd he come from? Yeah. Because we know that wasn't his real name to begin with. And the family doesn't have any more information or they're not willing to share, presumably. Right. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Okay. Ooh, I like your idea of following uh, Marie Fremont. And mm-hmm. figuring out where that story goes. Because that might yeah, be able I'm to help curious. you trace it, too. It might, yeah. If I can figure out, um, you know, what her maiden name was or any of that. But I don't know. There's this tricky thing that happens, especially in these records in the old times, which is women kind of disappear because yeah. they don't have the same legal status. They're not like signing and voting and doing all this kind of stuff. I mean, they could. Oh, yeah. They they tend to be listed as, you know, Mrs. Husband's name. Yeah. And so it's really easy to lose them. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'd read, I I don't remember which book I read this quote in, but, you know, the person in the book was saying a lady should only appear three times in the newspaper, her birth, her marriage, and her death. I've heard that too. Yeah, what book did we read that in? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Right? I'm feeling like really strong To Kill a Mockingbird vibes, but I don't know why any of them would have said that. So I I think I've I've read it more recently, but huh. Okay. Oh, there you go. Everybody. That's one one more mystery. The mystery of who was Raleigh Faulkner before he became Raleigh Faulkner and popped up in Seattle. Yeah. The mystery of why does his family remember seeing him after the person who it seems like he became died. Yes. Uh, What's the story with Marie Fremont? Who is she and what did she know and where did she end up going? Yes. And what book are we thinking of? (laughs) I think that last one will be the easiest. So don't start there. Save that one. We'd really like you to get on one of the harder ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's probably a Google away. Well, and definitely something I'm always new, but I'm really seeing checking out all the cemeteries here in Boston is it it's not like spelling of names or even common English words is all that consistent. No, up until the what, like 1950s. So yeah, she could be listed as Fremont with one E, Fremont with two E's, Fremont with mm-hmm. an E at the end. Maybe her name is Maria, and she goes by Marie. Um, yeah, exactly. Good luck maybe, finding her. Yeah, or it could be her middle name instead of her first name. Yeah. She's going by this. We have, um, so Matt's middle name is Zeno, but in I love that. his 
ancestry, his family tree, actually, there's a relative who was listed as Reno. And we were like, who is Reno? And eventually we figured out, no, this is another historical Zeno, but the census taker's handwriting was just that bad. What? The, yeah. What? <laughs> you know, oh, man, when you look at these census records, they're like little tiny crammed in. You know, oh, yeah. But plenty of loop-de-loops. Don't print. No, Do never lots of print. Loops in lots tiny, of loops. Tiny, tiny little, ugh. Liz, what the hell is it with people writing, like, ye olde people writing their S's as F's? What is going on? Why does everything that's... I see that's Massachusetts, it's actually Massachusetts? What is that called? I'm trying to remember. It was called, like, the... Uh, I'm going to Google it. It's called the stupid. It's called the make Devin really angry. <laughs> what the heck? It's like a long S that they used to mean two S's, but then it ended up looking like an F. Oh, well, I mean, that's yeah. kind of cool then. Oh, I can see that. I can see how that would look like a long drawn out F if it's an S on top of an S slightly offset. I guess, but it just comes out as, you know, finful. Finful, right? Satisfaction. <laughs> It just sounds like you're doing some weak voice that's not very funny, but it's kind of funny, but, like, that's the whole joke. That's all there yeah. is to the joke. Yeah. Mm. That's the thing. I see it in um, calculus a little bit. They still use that. Damn it, math. Mm -hmm. Get out of here with that shit. As I'm sorry. Usual, it's get out of here fault. with that fifth. <laughs> get out of there with that fifth. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, wow. Man. So what what Sorry. else? Uh, Raleigh Faulkner, what? Shoot, what is there one piece of information that you think would slot this all together? Is there something else oh, that boy. you really want? Are you going to continue to <sighs> research? Or are you done with this bad boy for a bit? Bad boy, indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, I am going to continue to research, but probably not for a little bit. Um, and I would love it if anybody else wanted to pick up the baton and run with this because I, I would probably try to chase down Marie Fremont's situation a okay. little bit more and figure out what the story is with her because especially since she's living in the 40s and 50s, she's more in this time period where it's easier to find records than yeah. going back to 1880 and trying to find out where Raleigh came from. No, there's but just... yeah. Man, this the was whole thing is just weird. He's just this master criminal, except that he keeps getting caught. But I feel like you know how they say if you see one mouse, you actually have like twenty or whatever. Yeah, I feel like for every time we see Raleigh get caught, there were twenty times he didn't get caught. Had to have been, and then every time he got caught, he managed to weasel out of it. So yeah, what's your um, what's your incentive for not getting caught? Yeah, exactly. Over and over and over, he gets away with it. And then, you know, that very last one where he's put away for zero, you know, one to 50 years for these things, um, he's put away in early 1941. And he dies in 46. So he only served five years of that sentence. And you wonder if he had lived or whoever had right. lived, would he have just gotten out of it again? Would right. he have you know, he was, they sign him in and out of the prison on that record. And you can tell he's going to the appeals court right oh, up to the man. end. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it's like man. appeals court, appeals court, appeals court, hospital. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, he was a bad man, but that's still mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, boomer. Um, <laughs> what did he die of? Do you know? I 
do, and I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like a coronary occlusion, just, you know, heart disease. Terminal assholery. Yeah. <laughs> All the chickens coming home to roostitis. <laughs> All of them, man. He's, yeah, he's like the uh, the bad guy in The Princess and the Frog, where it's just yeah. like, nope. All, your luck all ran out. <laughs> Sing it again. How does that go? <laughs> I love that movie. I love that. I love Dr. Facilier. That's such a good thing. Well, I could see you liking that guy. Mm-hmm. He's That's like a, a movie. jazzed up version of Jafar physically. He kind of is. Yeah. Mm. He gets his own number. Jafar really doesn't, which is a bummer. He is a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd watch I'd watch a movie that was just about Jafar and uh, hot, dirty Jasmine. You know when they he turns her oh, into the red outfit. Yeah, when she's got the when she's got the ponytail up on her yep. head. It's a good look. It is a good look. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Not gonna Google that though, because I know that'll go down a dark place. Oh Lord, yeah. Don't don't subject your poor virus protector to that. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, but that's the mystery of Raleigh Fremont slash Faulkner question mark maybe I don't know and one of the reasons why I threw in the serial killer story is I feel like it kind of ends on a I don't know yeah I don't know what happened but maybe I will be able to pick it up 20 episodes from now and have more I'll certainly keep everybody posted I'm really proud of you for the amount of original research you did on this episode I'm going to say that and hope that you don't cut this out in editing because (laughs) holy shit dude you did a lot of really good work. <laughs> it was, it was, it's got to be like a little weird to live with me and have me be like, oh, the death certificate came. <laughs> I'm so excited. He knew you were like this when he married you. He, yeah. Everybody knows what I'm like. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And you know what? If, if all the mysteries were solved, what would there be to talk about? We'd have zero podcast material. Okay. <laughs> Well, you've been listening to Ouija Broads, and you can find us on iTunes, on Podbean. We have OuijaBroads.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And if you could rate, review, and subscribe, that would really help us out a lot. Thank you so much to everybody who already has. Um, It means a lot. It does. We appreciate it, and we read it to cheer ourselves up. We really do. Genuinely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And we would like you to live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye! Look at all that good work you did, my friend.